0: And it will have surpassed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 as the highest grossing movie in Warner Brothers history.
1: Oh, wow. Let alone we get to hear Christopher Walken say Mm -hmm. such words as spice. (laughs) Original screenplay goes to past lives. Yeah, You heard it here.
0: What do you think of Ahsoka? I haven't watched it yet. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have not had a chance yet. Cool. Cool. Do you like it? I thought it was okay. Yeah. It's okay so far. Now, granted, this is from the perspective of someone who hasn't watched all of Rebels Mm -hmm. and all of Clone Wars. I've seen episodes of them. Yeah. And I'm familiar with, like, who the characters are. Enough to where when I saw some, I'm like, oh, that's that. Whoop, shit-o. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so I knew it enough. Yeah. But uh, I was really excited for the Ahsoka show, and she's in it. <laughs>
1: you know? So it was just like... Listen, I think that Rosario Dawson's a national treasure. Yes. So I will watch whatever she's in. Yeah. And it's uh, not
0: it's not terrible. There's some atrocious dialogue, though. Yeah. But other than that, I mean... it. Do they I, I'm do gonna going to setting watch up
1: the, like the rest of the series, the arcs. And a everything? decent job, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm still a little bit curious as to where it's going. Is but this, I'm
1: but I'm glad it's eight episodes. Is this the last live action thing that's gonna go into the movie? Uh Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew. Oh, yeah. and uh what's the other one? Acolyte.
0: That won't be into the movie. No. no. Just so that
1: that that's like way that's a prequel to the prequel. Oh jeez, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Skeleton Crew, Mando, Boba, Ahsoka are the I think so. from what i
0: understand yes
1: interesting Mm -hmm. so they're definitely setting up like thrawn is going to be the bad guy for the movie right is that kind of where you think they're heading it depends on what happens to him in
0: the show that's
1: also fair yeah but uh yes
0: i have a after the show i have a fan theory about ahsoka that i think i'm right about and if so it'd be very cool Mm -hmm. anyway we have a show to do whoops there's cameras here (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but yes, hello guys Welcome back to another episode of The Roundtable yes, um, We welcome. have uh, two main topic stories for you guys today We have a B-roll story And then of course, the box office, my favorite part Yes So um, with that, Nicholas, what's the first story you got for us? Our
1: first story comes to us from Variety It is delay after delay after delay in Hollywood this week As Dune Part 2 has changed release dates And has been officially pushed to 2024 Boo! Boo indeed my Desert My Iraqis, is my delay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah,
0: so uh Dune 2 as and a couple other Warner Brothers films have been delayed, but the most significant delay was Dune Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um this was gearing up to have an award season run this year and it has moved to March of 2024 and um obviously the big factor in this is SAG-AFTRA is still on strike and they want these stars to promote this movie. Because they don't want another situation like the first Dune where it was the HBO Max release during the pandemic. And it did okay for that. But it's mm-hmm. like, we, we want this to be a big thing because it is a big thing. And without the actors that are it, which you're seeing, a lot of these projects kind of falter because the actors can't promote it. Yeah. If only the studios, you know, pay them what they deserve or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, Dune Part 2 officially delayed to March, which upsets me. But not only does this conversation start, you know, Dune being delayed... I also want to take this conversation to what it could mean for award season. Because a big main player has been eliminated from the Oscars this year in Dune Part 2. Dune Part 1 won six Academy Awards, was nominated for like 10 or 11, I think. Maybe even more.
1: 10 nominations. I just Googled that. Well done.
0: And so, Dune Part 2 is obviously also going to get around the same. Assuming that the movie is good. Watch. It comes out in March, and it's just fucking terrible. Mm. And this conversation is pointless, but I doubt it. And uh, so, basically... What I think this is good news for, this is good news for Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the nominations were going to be for the technical categories. Oppenheimer was going to be the same thing. Both of these films were going to get Best Picture nominations.
1: Meanwhile, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to Scorsese kill them both from behind. (laughs) Hey,
0: that could happen. (laughs) It's going to be a good Oscars this year. But I think there's a number of things that benefit from Dune moving. One of them being Oppenheimer to kind of take those technical awards and rack up their Oscar wins Mm -hmm. Uh, for nominations for sure. It also leaves Best Picture a wider open race for Oppenheimer to come in and possibly win. And uh, another thing that I think really helps is smaller indie movies like The Creator coming out in September. Those technical categories are now wide open Mm -hmm. for The Creator to come in without Dune. Um, Even movies like Blackberry. You're thinking, how does Dune Part 2 help Blackberry at the Oscars? Because that entire cast of Dune Part 2 can't get nominated, which leaves room for Glenn Howerton. I want it to happen so bad. And here's the thing. I don't know how they're going to run him. I don't know if he's going to run lead or supporting. He probably won't win either way. Because if he runs in lead, he's going up against Leonardo DiCaprio and Killian Murphy. And And Ryan
1: Gosling. If he goes up
0: and supporting, supporting, he's going up against Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling. So it's tough either way. But now none of the Dune cast can get nominated. Wouldn't
1: it be wild if all five supporting were in Oppenheimer? Because there's a lot of supporting roles. (laughs) There is a lot. And people have been nominated for less screen time. You know,
0: I think the most that's happened is two. I think several movies have gotten two in the same category. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. Uh, But yeah, no, I think this is good news for Air. Mm-hmm. For Matt Damon Ben Affleck Jason Bateman that script that di- Ben Affleck as a director I think Dune leaving really helps well, his other, other films
1: too that were I would say some even better movie like uh uh Celine Song's Past Lives. Yes. I loved yes. and I think I could have seen that being overlooked and I think that has a shot in I think that is a
0: shoe in. I'm going to call it now. What's the date? 26th. Original screenplay. 27th. Original screenplay goes to Past Lives. Yeah. You heard it here
1: but in an open category you know you could see direction you can see there's a lot of it's opened up now for past lives absolutely which i think is great to see
0: yeah no i i think so too um and and it also like best makeup can now go to talk to me (laughs) i'm just throwing it out there but uh but yeah
1: that's barbie makeup and hairstyling
0: i'm not saying wins here oh you're just saying saying nominations just getting on the board yeah 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 for sure but
1: uh, I wonder what Damon runs. If he runs air or if he runs, I Oppen- think he'll,
0: I think he'll run air. I think if he's smart, he'll run air. Because one, he has more screen time, mm-hmm. and two, there's so much there's so much in Oppenheimer.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I think he'd be supporting for Oppenheimer. I think he'd be lead for air. Probably, yeah. He could do both. Yeah, I I think he's gonna go air.
0: Yeah, per- personally, mm-hmm. air. I think if air gets anything, it'll m- maybe screenplay, mm-hmm. and Damon. I would love to see Jason Bateman get supporting, and I would love to see Viola Davis get supporting actress. I think that's actually very realistic.
1: Viola Davis is just, every time she does something, she's never been shoo- bad. It's a shoe in for an Oscar yeah. combination. And so never. That's, but it did come out very early in the year, but yeah. we're seeing not a lot of competition yeah. coming off in this one. Listen,
0: Kill, Kill, I, Killers of the Flower Moon is about to jump onto the scene and it's gonna be
1: is gonna sweep everything if that movie's as good as people are saying it's three and a
0: half hours oh hell yeah i am so. i'm and it's in theaters oh dude it has to be written all over it (laughs) i'm so excited
1: um i am disappointed though i was looking forward to dune oh me too i was not like a huge huge fan of the first one but i did enjoy it and Mm -hmm. i it did get me hooked and interested in a second one and the scale and the additional cast all look fantastic. It's never a bad idea to add Florence Pugh to your cast. Yes. Um, Let alone we get to hear Christopher Walken say Mm -hmm. such words as Spice (laughs) or Atreides (laughs) or Iraqis. That's really good. (laughs) Which I think is going to be fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And I I am bummed
0: as well about the move, but um, I'm also curious about... A March release for it. A March release, yeah. Because obviously they they want... Basically, the situation they're in is we gotta move because mm-hmm. we don't think the strike's gonna be resolved, not not even by November. It's just like we don't know if we'll have enough time to promote it by November. Yeah. So th- I think they chose March because they think one, the strikes will be done before then, hopefully, mm-hmm. and two, they it's not so far that the hype will completely die. Because if if you Craven the Hunter this thing, yeah. and push it back almost a year, you've wasted so much money in marketing.
1: Well, I know like. With that March release date, what it did was it took the place of Godzilla Kong to do Empire. And then they pushed that another They just yeah. pushed it a month to April. Yeah. yeah. Um but things like Aquaman and Craven are all just Look, Aquaman stays this Aquaman year. Aquaman stays. Aqu- yeah. James a- Gunn said, Get it the fuck out of my <laughs> sight. <laughs> well, I and there's no trailer yet. No, it's what, three months away? Yeah that movie's gonna bomb bad <laughs>
0: uh, yeah i mean they're not all of dc's that. been bombing but like the thing with aquaman is i don't know blue
1: beetle has made 80 million <laughs> more than it should have <laughs> yeah but
0: the thing is with aquaman yeah the first one made a billion dollars it's the highest grossing dCEU movie is aquaman one yeah and so i think it's a it's kind of a shame that it's being kind of brought out to die mm-hmm. but i think marketing will ramp up for it it sucks that they don't have jason momoa they don't love that at all
1: Oh no! I mean, he's how you market that movie. Yeah, he's so charismatic. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, I I also think they also kept Color Purple and other things. Like they want to have their Oscar shot too. Yeah. And I I think that they were like, "All right, we need at least one movie last quarter, like a bigger movie, to give us a chance." Mm -hmm. And I think Aquaman's that chance. Will it do well? If we're going based off the other DC trends, most likely not. But something's got to stay, and I think that they chose Aquaman.
1: Yes. Listen, if it bombs and they just made James 1 get it out, and he kept fighting for like it's not done yet. It's not going to be done. They are like, get it out. Hopefully, they give him a one. Give him one for taking that hit, and then we get. Malignant, Malignant 2. Two. <laughs> I was thinking the exact
0: same thing. I would love. Please make Malignant 2, James I didn't 1, do please. This.
1: Can I have 30 million to go just fuck around? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, Let's man. Do that. Have some fun. <laughs> you deserved it after what we did for Aquaman 2. <laughs> yes yes okay.
0: but uh but yeah that's the story with doom part two what do you guys think about the delay how do you feel about it do you think it opens up some other oscar chances for other movies let us know in the comments as we move on to our next
1: story nicholas what do you got for us next our next story is kind of a split between variety and the hollywood reporter we're kind of merging two stories together here oh, okay uh wga leaders have met with key ceos um and they have released details of the latest contract offer that the guild criticized as a full lim- full of limitations and loopholes Um, tied into that, the AMPTP had hires a new crisis PR firm as the strikes continue. So, let's kind
0: of break down the update in the strikes. (laughs) So essentially, the AMPTP... And the CEOs like David Zaslav, Bob Iger, Ted Sarandos of Netflix, and the uh, Donna Langley, who I believe is NBC Universal, mm-hmm. they all were like, "Hey, we're going to talk to the WGA negotiators personally." And the WGA was like, "Okay, they they mean business. Let's go." You know, and they had a meeting, and they proposed their counteroffer, the APTP counteroffer, which some of it is good, some of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the WGA, when they gave this offer, said, "Okay, let's negotiate here." This the and then basically the A and PTP the CEOs were like whoa, 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 this is a great offer. Why aren't you taking it? And they were like, well, we came to to negotiate. Yeah. And we have some issues with some of some of this. And then the aim the CEOs were so offended <laughs> that this happened that they leaked their whole plan to Variety, which I have their their counter offer when they were the ones
1: who wanted a fucking media blackout. So the CEO said, our plan is so good, let's release it.
0: Yeah. And some of it's not bad, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you why the WGA negotiators had a problem with it. So, uh, the part that was good was the higher compensation. I believe the WGA wanted a 6% increase, then a 5, then a 4, and uh, they offered a 5, 4, and Mm 3.5. So, it's close. That's probably the best negotiation you're going to get from that. Um, And then when it comes to residual increases for streaming, they said that... They would give quarterly reports to specific WGA members so that when they have the new contract in 2026, they'll have a better understanding of what to ask for in terms of residuals. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: like That's what they offered. So they want to release their finances and reveal that they are not making shit on these. To a then, couple WGA to members. To a couple WGA members and be like, this is your fault because you're not writing good content. Yeah. And if you but, write good content, you could be But erased, basically what,
0: what they were saying is you're not getting streaming residuals this time. Yeah. But you'll have a better understanding of what to ask for next, next time. time. No. <laughs> That's so dumb. And then the big one also was AI. They did say a couple things about AI saying that it will not be counted as literary material. Mm-hmm. And they did say you will not be paid rewrite fees. You'll be paid regular fees but it's not the outright ban mm-hmm. that the AMPTP wanted. And so what or that the WGA wanted, excuse me. So here's where the WGA got a little sh- not got got a little like we have some questions.
1: Yeah, let's cla- let's dig down on this yeah. for a
0: minute. One, they hated the fucking streaming thing. Mm-hmm. They were like, no.
1: Fair. Two, That's the shitty deal. Yeah.
0: Two, they did offer higher residuals, uh-huh. but not obviously not what they wanted. Two, they were like the AI thing. We don't, in order for AI to work, it has to take pre-existing material to teach it and learn it mm-hmm. and build that AI. That existing material is copyright protected by our scripts. We do not want WGA scripts being fed into an AI machine to help it learn. Mm-hmm. That's our whole, th- that's a big thing that we don't want to happen. Yeah. It's not just a, that, an AI script. We don't want you to use WGA scripts to teach it how to write. Mm-hmm. We don't care. I mean, yeah, we want it to not be literary and we want to be paid original fees. But we don't want something to be a rehashing of someone else's work to then be paid to rewrite that work. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want that. Because that is copyright material. Yeah. That is literary material that it's using to learn. And we don't... Basically, they're like, will you commit to saying you will not feed it WGA scripts? And that they said no. Mm-hmm. They won't well, commit to that. That's the only scripts they have. Exactly. And then another big one was uh, something that the a and offered something that the WGA was fighting for was the elimination of the mini writers room mm-hmm. so that they would be paid properly and not have to overwork a small number of writers and also they wanted writers to be on set because mm-hmm. their whole thing was like if you if you eliminate the mini room or if you keep the mini room there's not going to be room for new talent to come and start writing and we can't bring them on set we, we can't do that yeah so the AMPTP offered, and it sounds good on paper, they said, we're going to leave it up to the showrunner to determine the size of the room, mm-hmm. and we'll also make sure that the showrunner may select two writers to stay on set the whole time, two writers, if you want to like have new people learn. Yeah. Doesn't that sound great? And the WGA was smart, and they were like, it does sound great, but can you do us a favor? And they were like, sure. And they were like, can you define in the contract what a showrunner is? Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who don't deal with contracts a lot, every little thing has to be defined when it's first mentioned. So, for example, if it was Movie Nights and uh, we said the YouTube channel, which will now be referred to now as Movie Nights, which that defines Movie Nights as the YouTube channel. So whenever Movie Nights is mentioned in the contract, it's talking about the YouTube channel. Yeah. They didn't put that in their contract, their offer. And they said, would you be able to define showrunner and what that means to you guys? And they said, no because WJ was like because we think you're giving this to us and then when we're on set you're going to go oh well, we didn't tell you that our co-sh- your co-showrunner is our executive producer here Yeah, and they said that the writers can't come they're trying to protect themselves from that mm-hmm. and so they're like can you just define what it says wh- what you mean by showrunner and they said no and then they were offended when they didn't take the deal and WGA was like and then when they they immediately leaked their proposal to try to get on the good side of the public yeah and WGA released their own statement and said, "Listen, we went in good faith thinking that a negotiation was going to start, and they just tried to back us into a corner and t- make us take this deal. Mm-hmm. That's not what the point of this is. And the two have not talked since last week. Yeah, because of it, the negotiations are dead. They were. We're back to square zero. Yeah. So, any hope of the strike ending soon uh, doesn't look good. No. But for the writers, it I, d- I would not be shocked if the AMPTP just tries to go to the actors now and be like, fuck it, you guys want to make a deal? Yeah, <laughs> but
1: it's but they're it, not going to go back to work until the writers get the strike, probably not. But I no. suppose you could tie a bow on that. And be yeah, like okay, well you don't go back to work, but yeah, at from least their we're, perspective, yeah. at least we're good. Yeah. What a disaster!
0: Yeah, dude, it's 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 crazy. It's I've, crazy, <laughs> and then and then now going into the the crisis, yeah. the PR firm, the A the AMPTP has now discovered, huh? We look like the bad guys right now. So they've literally hired a PR crisis firm to try to change their public perception of being the bad guys of the strike. Here's an idea. Maybe don't be the bad guys of the strike if you want to not look like the bad guys of the strike. We've been labeled
1: the bad guys of the strike. Well, because you are. It's it's a nightmare.
0: Like the... uh, Just fucking make a deal. Like, please. Like, and everyone wants to go back to work. Yeah. Despite popular belief. Every, no one wants to do this, but they also can't be forced to take a shitty deal that's going to affect not only themselves, but the future riders. Yeah. No. Like they're, they're trying to protect the next generation here. And it's like, please make the deal. And look, the aim, the AMBTP did have some good stuff in their offer. Like that wage increase was a good, it was a good offer, but that's not the only thing we're fighting about, you know, that they're fighting about, I should say help them and listen to them and negotiate don't try to be shitty and like strong arm them they're mm-hmm. gonna back off which is what happened it's aggravating
1: i like that the ceos got involved like ceos are never just figureheads yeah and ceos <laughs> are like
0: we'll handle this yeah, it's like, <laughs> i'm sure you were
1: a civil ceo yeah
0: yeah have fun with that one buddy good luck chief yeah, but what did you guys think about the the updates with the WGA strike? Do you think it has any chance of getting resolved soon? Do you think that maybe we'll see another
1: meeting next week? Let us know in the comments as we move on to the B-roll section of our show. Nick, what do you got for us in the B-roll? Yes, our B-roll story today. We just have one. Uh, it's from Deadline. Um, amid a focus on content curation of Disney-owned IP, Disney Plus is not proceeding with The Spiderwick Chronicles, its live-action series adaptation of the popular children's fantasy books. Uh, I believe they're going to start shopping it around to other production companies. Yeah, the the show's done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're just going to shop it around, kind of taking
1: the Zaslav approach at Warner Brothers of let's see if we can have someone pay us for the show. Um, So interesting enough, Paramount owns it. So Paramount was the one that made the deal with Disney for Disney Plus to make it, and yeah. then Disney Plus said no. So now Paramount's like, "Who wants it? If only Paramount had a streaming service." <laughs> yeah, too bad it's not doing so hot. <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, and then Disney also um, did the same thing with a show that's in the middle of production, the uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea prequel, yeah, Nautilus.
1: Nautilus, yeah, Nautilus, yeah, yeah. They did the same thing with that because cost-cutting measures. Iger was not messing around. No, and there's other uh, a couple other shows like um, there's a. Uh, Hawaiian version of Dookie Hauser. Oh, okay. I don't remember the name of it, and it's like a Hawaiian last mm-hmm. name. I don't want to mispronounce it. Yeah. But I know that was about to start on a second season. Yeah. Or a third season, and then that got canceled. Damn. So they are looking to cut some of these different shows there. Yeah, and I
0: I saw that in the article. It also mentioned that they're going to keep their IPs. So like Percy Jackson stays and uh the only outside deal that stays is they did the article did say that the upcoming season of doctor who will still be on disney plus and i was like thank god good i didn't want Uh, to see that it was
1: doogie kame aloha md oh yes gotcha um i mean the cost cost cutting it happens yeah um it's interesting that they were going with shows that were already filmed and ready to go yeah but to each their own i hope it finds a home Disney is scrambling at this point, as with most streaming services, mm-hmm. among the dealing, the writer strike, low view counts. They're all going to start doing password sharing because we couldn't hold the fucking line <laughs> with Netflix. <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: It's true. And uh, with that down, let's go ahead and move on to the box office. The
1: box office.
0: Second row, show Nicholas. Will you pull up our predictions?
1: I have them. Uh, Dalton, you had Grand Turismo, Blue Beetle, Barbie. Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had Gran Turismo, Barbie, Blue Beetle, Oppenheimer, Strays. We were both wrong. I'm guessing
0: you missed it by that much. Did I
1: really? Yeah. Oh, uh, hit me with it.
0: Ninja Turtles was five. Dang.
1: So close, mm-hmm. and I I
0: just had to flip Barbie and Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, I would have had it. When
1: I checked earlier today, Blue Beetle was ahead. So no, it's it's down now. Oh yeah, yeah. Or uh, sorry, no. Gran Turismo and Barbie were very close. Was what it Listen, was. Listen, on the Monday. So these are the Sunday yeah.
0: estimates. On Monday, and we'll put the we always put the final numbers in the description of the show. On Monday, we could find out that Barbie outperformed Gran Turismo. Yeah, because Gran Turismo has had a bunch of preview screenings leading up to it because the actors can't promote, promote it. it. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Gran Turismo, according to Sunday numbers, squeaked by number one with seventeen point three million dollars. Barbie came in second with seventeen point one million dollars. Blue Beetle came in third with $12.7 million. Oppenheimer coming in fourth with $9 million. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem coming in fifth with $6.1 million. So, yeah. Uh, let's dive into these numbers a little bit more, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, worldwide box office so far in Grand Turismo is $53 million. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not listed here. I've been t- like I've looked into it. Apparently the budget was only like sixty five million.
1: For entries, Mo. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. So if that's the case, these that numbers not are not bad. Like not they, at all. they if, if it's t- with that A cinema score, if it holds up these like and has small drops, it could end up making a lot of money back. Let me make sure on that budget. Yeah, according to four it was sixty million. Although I would not be shocked to later learn that it was more like a hundred. But mm-hmm. Forbes said sixty. We shall see. Oh, Variety is saying sixty as well. So
1: I'm going with that I'm fine with that until they say it isn't.
0: yep uh, let's dive into Barbie, which right now, the numbers say it's at one point three four billion by the time we the show airs mm-hmm. it will have surpassed Mario as the number one movie of the year, and it will have surpassed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part Two as the highest grossing movie in Warner Brothers' history. Oh wow, yes. It on, already Barty, let go Barty. It already is that domestic. It will pass it worldwide and become officially the highest grossing movie for them. Let's look at Blue Beetle, which only dropped 49%, which is not bad for a movie with a B-plus cinema score. And
1: a DC movie.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if it keeps doing this, maybe it gets to flash numbers, mm-hmm. but it's still not good. It's still What's not it? going to be a moneymaker. What's it at
1: now worldwide? Uh, 81. 81 million more than it would have got dumped on Max. That is true. This so is true. Maybe they'll get their production budget back.
0: Maybe. 120. Maybe. Just we'll stays see.
1: consistent. Yeah. Coming weeks, we don't have much coming out, so it might hold yeah, twine a bit. It
0: might. Uh, Oppenheimer. Yes. Has now become Christopher Nolan's third highest grossing film. It's mm-hmm. past inception. Uh, $777 million worldwide. It is now the fourth all time worldwide R rated movie, just behind. Pull it up here.
1: I assume Deadpool and Hangover. Deadpool,
0: Deadpool two, and Joker. Okay. Um, it will surpass Deadpool and Deadpool two to become the high the second highest grossing already movie of all time. It's not going to get to the Joker's number, I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that's worldwide domestic. I think it's uh it's seventh because like Passion of the Christ. Is number one, Deadpool 2, American Sniper 3, Joker 4, It 5, Deadpool 2 6, Oppenheimer 7.
1: From what I saw, Oppenheimer might just squeak just under a billion. Yeah. what I was it's, it's what it's looking like. People are looking like it's hovering between 9 to 9.50. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, cr- Crazy, crazy wild. performance for that movie. I mean, we
1: knew it would do well, mm-hmm. but... Not to that level.
0: Yeah. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now has 135 million worldwide. It's made just under two times its budget. I think eventually it will squeak over to profitability. Good for that movie because mm-hmm. it was a fun movie.
1: Do they factor in like home release and stuff like that? Like, Not anymore. It? No. they used to. Like
0: it. It used to be if your movie didn't do well. Like this goes back when like VHS and DVDs mm-hmm. first started taking off. You could have a new life on home video, and it would like save your movie. You can make hundreds of million dollars. Yeah, on home mm-hmm. video now it's like five like it's like nothing now which is a shame physical media for life mm-hmm. um let's dive into the meg two yes which came in six this weekend 352 million at the box office made 2.7 times that budget back and 74 of that is domestic <laughs> we love it
1: so meg three is happening
0: it might uh strays unfortunately has just been not performing well it came in seventh has a total worldwide of twenty one million and on that forty six million budget it's not gonna see that back. Did you end up uh
1: getting out to see it this week? Not weekend?
0: yet, but I'm going to try this week. Okay. I'm gonna try to see that and retribution.
1: <laughs>
0: I gotta see it. Speaking of retribution, it came in eighth in its opening weekend. Made three point three million dollars. And it doesn't have worldwide, so that's all it's made so far. I don't know what the budget is, but I don't want to look it up because I think it'll make me sad. That's fair. Uh, the Hill came in ninth, which was a uh, sports movie, a small indie sports movie, made $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. And 10th was Haunted Mansion, actually. It's now at $91 million worldwide, but with that price that it cost, not looking good. I do want to dive in to talk to me again. I'm sorry. I like the movie. Um, it has made $52 million worldwide on a budget of $4.5 million, And that puts it at the fifth highest grossing A24 film. Holy crap. And it's both domestic and international, or worldwide, I should say, Mm -hmm. because that chart is really different if you look at the top domestic, top worldwide, but it's fifth at both for A24. So I do not blame them for wanting to franchise that movie. It makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're going to see those grow if the movies continue to stay good. Definitely. So that's the box office for this week, but I do want to get our predictions
1: down. Yes. Uh I think you went first last week. Yes, so I'm going first. It is your turn
0: to go first.
1: Was it Equalizer three? Yeah. And bottoms, bottoms are the big ones. I'm right? excited for both of those. I I might do bottoms on Thursday.
0: Dude, I don't blame you.
1: I I've not seen Equalizer one or two and I don't think I care to.
0: You didn't watch two with me?
1: Nope. I've never seen an Equalizer movie.
0: The first one's quite good.
1: I'm sure they are. I just don't think I can realistically catch up before Thursday, and I don't care to see the third one if that's the case. Fine, blind. You might be on your own this week. I don't know unless someone unless there's a secret uh, Equalizer fan in the group. I'm gonna go. I guess we'll go Equalizer. I don't know how those movies do, but I can tell you.
0: You know what? No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't just throw your first pick out there. I'll tell you how they did. Equalizer one. Opened to 34 million. Okay. And it made 192 worldwide. Equalizer 2 opened to 36 and made 190. So it hovers at 30, but it's also been a while since the second movie.
1: Mm -mm. I'm going to go Equalizer 3 Barbie, Gran Turismo, Oppenheimer, Bottoms. Bold. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, 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 okay. I like where your head's at. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to do. Go on. Equalizer. Gran Turismo. Barbie. Blue Beetle.
1: Oppenheimer. I forgot about Blue Beetle, but I'm not changing. <laughs> it's fine by me.
0: I I think that Bottoms is going to open to like three million. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that... uh uh three is enough to get it quite in the top five yet
1: i don't know oh well i guess equalizer is there i was gonna say teenage made six yeah that's where i was my head was at yeah i'll keep it why not go bottoms (laughs) that's a sound clip (laughs) that is a sound clip thank you for that jeez uh with that
0: down what are your predictions for next week's box office let us know in the comments below and if you're right we'll shout you out on the show and with that Guys, I think that'll be it for the show today. Before we go, I do want to remind everybody that there is an audio-only version of the show as well on your favorite podcasting apps of choice, so you can check us out there. Nicholas, you got anything to add?
1: Uh, Yeah, as always, the final Monday box office numbers, as well as links to all our social media and the articles that we use for reference are in the description below. Yes. And uh, I'll also put a link down there if you haven't checked it out already. Our Gran Turismo review is out on the channel. Yes. So please be sure to check that out as well.
0: And it is spoilers, so be yes. careful. Be warned. And uh, with that down, I've been Dalton Burdett.
1: I've been Nick Iricchio.
0: Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time. <laughs>